Hey, welcome back to Apollo City Comics. I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And to continue our Halloween theme, we're uh, kicking off this episode with American Vampire by Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque. With some guest appearances from other people as well. Yeah. Um, is this Scott Snyder's first like independent story? I, To my knowledge, no. I believe Severed came out first. Severed. Oh, I've never read Severed. I read Severed. Oh, man. Well, I haven't read American Vampire in literally over 10 years. Like this book. <sighs> Volume to... 1 specifically. Gosh. But, uh, um, Severed. Like four, four or five years since I read it. Severed came out in like 2009, 2010. I should have had a page open. <laughs> I know. We say this every episode. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, 2012. Sorry. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So when did this come out? Oh, this came out 2010. 2010? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah, I, I remember getting into comics around 2011, and I got the first trade around 2012 for this. And The or, Wake came out after this. Um, the Wake oh, is pretty good, yeah. Severed was 2011. It was, to, yeah, because I remember reading it at my first job, because I got my first job ever in 2011. Severed was one of those books I brought with me. So this is like Scott Snyder's first comic book work. Ongoing. Well, I mean, besides like Detective Comics, I'd say I think this is his first uh, independent series. That was all on series. That was all in 2010 or 2011, too. He was a busy man. Yeah. Once he kicked out. Well, once he kicked off, like, dude, he was on fire. He's been on fire. He hasn't stopped. It's been 10 years. Pretty much. Snyder is like one of the top writers in comic books right now. Um, so that's super cool. The thing about it is that the story about American Vampire is really interesting and how lucky Scott got getting into comic books. Um, he was in school with this kid and this kid really liked his work and everything and they were really good friends and all that. And then he's like, hey man, like my dad can check out your work and maybe do a blurb or something. Um, if you don't mind, like I think it might be cool and it might help. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Scott was like, yeah, I never asked. Like, who's your dad? And the guy was like, my dad's uh, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was Joe Hill. I think it was Joe Hill then, yeah. Yeah, because um, he was he works in comics too. So yeah. it makes so, sense. It uh Scott was just like blown away that like Stephen King was gonna check out his work. And um Stephen King looked at the first few scripts of American Vampire and was like, Hey, you know what? Like, can I can I write some of this? <laughs> can I can you imagine that? <laughs> like one of the biggest writers ever. Hey, uh, is it cool if I help you out? Yeah. It's like no. No, 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 this is, this is my stuff, dude. Like (laughs) back off, bro. Go, go right. It three or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So, I mean, dude, uh, Stephen King is a part of this and he writes the back stories. It's actually the, the origin origin story. Yeah. Yeah. He also Um, writes a forward of the book or for the book. Really? Dude, my forward for this omnibus, maybe that forward isn't like later and later part, but it's literally just like an interview, um, for the series. It's not even like an introduction for it, but I think I've read the trade where it has that Stephen King one. Is there anything significant that he says in that intro? Um, he, he just kind of gives like, you know, I, I like this story and it was all Scott's story outline, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like his little, uh, you know, piece of, of things. And like, I don't know, how should I say it? It was basically Scott's outline, 
But like Stephen King still kind of like added some stuff in and kind of like did it his way nice. with Scott's story overall. Oh, see, that's cool. Man. So, oh. oh, you also find out Stephen King reads comics. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he did uh, kind of contributions to Creepshow back in the 70s or 80s or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, his stuff was very out there, all his books, right? Have you read a lot of Stephen King? I've never read a Stephen King novel. I'm going to be Dude, honest. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a whole shelf of them and I'm like, I'm going to get to them. <laughs> I, just... uh, I, I heard like some books are really good and some are like, meh. Like, yeah, that's the thing. He's written so much. And I think he was literally a cokehead. Oh yeah. Uh, and so he was just high, just writing books like crazy and like just really tripping out and just kept going with the stories or something like that. And it, he's one of those guys that he just pumps out work. You know what I mean? Like it's book done, book done, book um, done, and he just doesn't stop. Yeah, I actually found out about his process. Have you read his book on writing? No. So I saw I was randomly recommended a YouTube video uh, about Stephen King and George R. R. Martin talking oh, nice. about their writing process because everyone likes to joke about is it G- is it G R R. George, yeah, George. I, I don't yeah. read Game of Thrones or watch it, so I don't know his name really. Yeah, me either. I, I actually just got the first Game of Thrones books recently. Oh. I, I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say I got about like one third through the book and I was like, uh, uh, really? Yeah. Maybe when I have uh, a lot of time. Well, we'll talk about it another time. Uh, but, anyways, <laughs> he uh, was talking about how it could take him a while to write a book. Uh, you know, of course, because people were in the comment section were like, oh, yeah, of course it does, because your last book is taking forever to come out. Ten years, yeah. Yeah, and Stephen King said something, and I could be wrongly paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of, I write like six pages a day, six complete pages. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps the momentum going. Um, and that's kind of like how his process works. He has a set amount of, you know, pages he aims for and then he kind of just does that and that's just always been his process that's awesome that's too cool i mean it makes sense too i mean his book on writing goes into a lot of that detail uh if you ever get to check a chance to check it out it's super good um it's kind of funny because it is a book on writing but like the first half is like a memoir (laughs) but he's at the end of the memoir he's like so i know this is a book on writing but i put that in there to really show you how something is like well written and you're like, yeah. oh, you jerk. <laughs> but and I, I just this. did a Google search on his writing process uh, back then. Um, and I think this is worth talking about because Stephen King is literally one of the biggest authors in the world. And he's writing a comic. Yeah. And this is definitely, you know, something people should learn about, I feel like. Because, you know, you don't really have that happen too often. Yeah. Not, well, I, even Scott Snyder, he was a prose writer that broke in because of his prose writing. Yeah, yeah. So it explains why Scott Snyder has so many words. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against him. I love the guy, but we just like to make fun of him for that. And you know, because you look at a page and half of it is all like dialogue. <laughs> yeah, and it's. But, oh, are you gonna say? Oh no, yeah. It's it's one of those things that like it gets longer as he starts writing more. Like American yeah, Vampire really isn't that dense, like in comparison to Metal. Like Metal is. Uh, a handful every issue and even American Vampire is too but that's because you're going from Scott Snyder to Stephen King per issue you know you're getting two stories like full throttle 
at, you know, and it's, it's a lot to take in, but it's very doable metal. You kind of need to like breathe after each issue. Yeah. And we read all six and talked about them all back to back. But let's see, where is it? Okay. So I, I Googled a little bit of history on Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, he's been quoted and maybe this website could be wrong, but apparently he's been quoted saying that cocaine owned his body and soul and it was his on switch. Oh, wow. And he did so much that he would stuff cotton in his nose to stop the bleeding and to make sure blood wasn't dripping over his typewriter in like pages. That is so that's terrible, but so awesome at the same time. Just <laughs> think of a writer like just sitting over his like Dude, typewriter, just he must in have the story been, out. He must have been like so high to like just keep going when you really think about it. Like to stay like, focused like that. <laughs> Why all of his books are so long with bad endings, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just reach like, a point, dude. Yeah, apparently, like, and that's kind of like the thing why he wrote so much. I think mm-hmm. from what people are saying is that he was just high, like, high so much and just like hyped up on like beer and cocaine. He just kept going and going. I'm and curious, like, I want to see the release dates between. I know it's not like comics where you could, uh, kind of measure how much someone's written because you know with a comic they write it and two months later it's out so you could kind of measure how much each you know writer is done per year yeah um, but you know with a book you have to get it published you have to get it sold but after a while you know you just kind of write a book and it's out but i want to see his bibliography on and like the release dates of books yeah like let's see novels 74 75 2 and 77 <laughs> the stand 2 and 77 Dude, dude, he wrote Carrie in 74, Salem's Lot 75, The Shining and Rage in 77, 1978, The Stand, 1979, The Long Walk, The Dead Zone, 1980, Firestarter, 1981, Roadwork and Cujo, 1982. Every year he has two to three books coming out. And dude, oh my gosh, once you hit 81, that's when it's consistent two to three books per year. And then it took one year. But Jesus that's just Christ. his novels. That's not even his like short works. It's it's not even his um, collection Pro, or nonfiction. Or, yeah. Um, man, or screenplays either. Like he did Creepshow in 82, Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, 85, Maximum Overdrive in 86. Like there's so much. This guy does not. He did Michael Jackson's Michael Jackson's Ghosts. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, man, uh, it just just so much and this guy is insane i guess you know and once i think he got in the accident where somebody hit him um i think that's when he changed his life around i think that's uh, okay point. um i think he was running one day and a driver just like ran him over <laughs> like just hit him straight up and uh it was one of those grant morrison moments where he wrote a, about a character that happening to a character and it happened to him right after it um, oh, and then okay. right after that. that when he's in the hospital he's like and then the guy got better right away and then he got better it's one of those like crazy writing stories um like when grant morrison he had those infections in his face when he was writing the invisibles um and he started developing a hole in his cheek and it was opening up more and more and that's when the character king mob that's based off of him was getting tortured and like had the same injuries practically and then he went to the hospital and 
uh, he started writing the new issue and he's like, and King Mob was suddenly better. And, uh, and he got better. He got better. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. I did not know about that. <sighs> yeah. It's one of those, the magic of writing, you know? Yeah. I had no idea. Didn't know any of that happened. That is pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the process of writing and what it can do to you mentally and physically and what it drives you to sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. That's why we do it. Right. <laughs> writing. It but, helps. Well, American Vampire, this is a decade old now. So it's kind of its 10th anniversary. It's real nice. And um, the series, it's really long, first off. Like, we're covering the first volume. But in itself, the first, like, I would not arc. The first, like, part of this giant story takes place over the course of, like, six, five or six volumes. And then we do this. Yes. If you look at, because we have the omnibus. Yeah. If you look at the omnibus collected, it's issues one through 27 and two five issue miniseries. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. So that's 37 issues. Am I doing my math correctly? Yeah. Yeah. 37. And then that's Uh, not including the anthologies and the other two volumes that are left out of this omnibus. Yeah, so there's two anthologies, and I have them right behind me. Let me see. And volumes five through eight. Oh, five through eight. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, so this is like the first four volumes in some side stories. Um, the cool yeah. thing about Mer- Aver- um, American... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the cool thing about American Vampire is that it... You know, I'm not a... I always say I'm not a horror fan, but I am a horror fan. I need to accept this by now. Um, I, I say that with video games. I'm like, I don't like scary games. And here I am playing all the scary games. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I'm just a very picky. I don't like all horror. It really has to, like, captivate me in a sense. Um, the thing about American Vampire is that it totally changes what vampires are about. It's It straight up starts off with a new breed of vampires. And the thing is, they don't have the same weaknesses anymore. They're not from like the European countries. This is the American vampire. And it's a a new kind. And it was created in what, the 1800s, right? Late 1800s? Old West time. So yeah, it was, you you find out with the origin story, but Mm -hmm. I think the exact year, it's around 1880. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, And it's, you literally, the story takes us up at the moment, we're in the 70s. Um, there's a giant break after the second cycle, um, which is volumes, what, eight and nine or seven and eight or something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there. So yeah. I, I could get up and grab it, but yeah. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about the first one. Yeah, exactly. And um, now the first issue of American Vampire 19, was it 76? just came out by the time this Did it? Yeah. yeah it's the one on Black Label, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I now that I have the omnibus, I'm not buying singles for that one. Really? I'm gonna buy singles for it because uh I just want to read see. it already. It's uh it's not out yet, I thought. It's coming out this month. Yeah, next well, next week in the time frame that we're recording this. But by the time this is out, it should be out. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was thrown <laughs> off. My bad. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh, so they're bringing it back. It's been years since they wrote, like, I want to say like five years because he punched out all of this work really quickly. Yeah, and then he got too big at DC. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's what's crazy. This was his first work and he had Stephen King on it. And a year later, he's writing Batman. Like yeah, this dude. 2011. Well, he was technically already, uh, already writing Batman before that when he was doing Detective Comics. Really? I thought that was... Yeah. No, he that... did Detective Comics before New 52. Mm. Oh, no, the, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, the Black Mirror and all that. Yeah, the Black Mirror. Uh, that's what it's called. Yeah, it is called Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one where uh, Dick Grayson is Batman. So. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was yeah. one of my first... I feel like I say this every issue because I read so much when I was getting back into comics. But that was one of the first Batman books that I read. Same um, here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was... Dude, just mind blown. We'll cover it one day. And it's such a good book. And if you're looking for a good, you know, a creepy, kind of scary Batman story, dude, Jock and Francisco Francovilla, man, the art in that book is so mm-hmm. perfect to that. And it's, you know, Jock doing interiors is kind of weird sometimes. It's not always the best, but for that book, it really does work out for that like suspense and the whole Joker um, arc and with James Gordon, um, Jim yeah. Gordon's son and all that. Um, him cool being the villain really mm-hmm. making him yeah. like a psychopath killer like was great stuff but well to american vampire before he's straight um issue one starts off in july 1925 um 30 miles east of los angeles and you know this this is the classic scott snyder you see it in every scott snyder book where it's a story a story from the past, like a, a story you tell like your children before you go to bed kind of thing, like a memory. Yeah, someone um, remembering something. Yeah, just kind of, and the panels are doing an opposite, but like similar motion where things just kind of fall into place and it, it really flows really well. But typical Scott Snyder formula. Um, and it's basically introducing you to these two characters. It's uh, Pearl and I, what's the other girl's name? Um, Hattie. Hattie, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're reminiscing about their first movies that they ever saw. And you could tell, like, you know, the age they're in, of course, because the first movie they mentioned, not directly, but it's one of those classic, man, what's what's one of that, that movie called? Uh, A Trip to the Moon. That's what it's called. Um, and they're referencing it, and you're kind of seeing this, like, these people die all around them. But these girls are just actresses just trying to make it in Los Angeles at the time. Um, as Hollywood's building up and everything. And you even see this like white trash, like Kid Rock looking ki- uh, guy <laughs> just hanging outside <laughs> of their apartment. He does look like Kid Rock there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I think of every time. Uh, what, what's that song, Ball with the Ball? Oh God. I don't <laughs> even know. It's been so long since I've heard any of that. Does that guy still have a career? Uh, he's got involved in politics, if I'm correct. <laughs> what? Nobody wants uh, that. Or maybe he's been very outspoken about certain things. I don't remember. Let's hope but not. he, I just know he was making some interesting comments. But anyways, <laughs> uh, like oh. I said, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail, but I just know he said some stuff that raised eyebrows, so. Oh my gosh. I'm going to Google that right after this episode. But uh, these girls, you could just tell they're like, you know, they're acting and, you know, they're extras and films um, by night. And then by day, they have their day jobs. So they're working like 16 hour shifts all the time. Well, uh, Pearl's actually working three jobs specifically. Oof. Uh, and then Hattie's just kind of working her normal shifts of work and trying to act. Mm-hmm. So I think Pearl's the one that's a lot busier than her. 
And it's, it's funny. It's very, you know, story structured. We're introduced to our ordinary world, this Hollywood formula, and these girls kind of, um, they're, they're working on this film. And it looks like this Lawrence of Arabia type of actor, like the big macho white guy with the stash and everything that everyone's... The massive for. jawline. Yeah, exactly. Um, looks like Thomas Wayne, like in all the flashbacks and whatnot. Basically, yeah. And the turning point happens when she, uh, Pearl gets invited to a party um, by this giant actor because she had to fill in for an extra. And she goes to this party and they're like, oh, no, we have these people that want to meet you. They're really interested in you. And she goes into this dark red room and then she's all nervous, just saying, like, it's an honor and all this. And everyone starts smiling. And I mean, it's a group of guys in a room. Maybe you should be creeped out. But then we start seeing the fangs come out and they all attack pearl and you're just like whoa that's it that's the end that's it it. yeah yeah it's one of those issues where it's kind of like a a lot of talking and nothing happening yeah he really makes you understand the characters you know it's it's more of a it's really you know basic story structure stuff like we're gonna get you to like feel how this you know this regular world and then start easing in this weirdness into it but it's it's done in a really good way in a sense too because it's interesting um you're not really bored of the characters you could tell that something's going to go on with everyone yeah they're all interesting and like even like doing that twist how like there's vampires in hollywood and all that type of stuff that that are actually running everything um yeah they've been around for like decades or centuries yeah exactly it's uh you know, I guess because we've read so many superhero books lately, this feels like kind of refreshing because it is like a different kind of setup and a different way to like understand characterization. Yeah. I mean, you also, um, it does that thing where it introduces each character, each main character for now, mm-hmm. where you meet Henry, which is the, the love interest for Pearl. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing you miss too much in this first issue about him. It's just kind of like him just kind of like flirting with her and just like, come on, let's go out. And then she agrees. And it's one of those things that he's like, he's been trying for a while to do it, you know? And you yeah. get that that feeling right away. He's just like, come on, like, I'm just trying to make small talk. I'm trying. Give me a shot. <laughs> like, she's Yeah. Like, he's, she's like, okay, you, 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 uh, you play guitar and you want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're one of those guys. Like, you're trying to make it as a big Hollywood, like a rock star, and you're still asking me out, I, I guess. <laughs> and after this, it breaks into the Stephen King stuff, which is super cool. Oh, honestly, now I think it's super cool. When I first read American Vampire, um, I think I read the first two like parts that Stephen King wrote, and then I stopped reading because they kind of, I don't know. I, I don't think the last couple chapters of what he was doing was that exciting. For... <clears throat> the origin story? Yeah. For Skinner? The origin story. So the thing with the origin story, before we go into it, there's two things about it I wish they would have done differently. One, not be as wordy, because there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Every page. And again, not a bad thing. It's just for me, I feel like you don't always have to say so much for comics. No, like use your visual you mediums. Help. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, they break up the origin story to uh, make the issues feel longer. Mm-hmm. So you get different parts of it. You get pieces of the origin story 
at the end of each issue when realistically I think a one shot would have been better. Yeah. And it also would have evened it out to six issues. Oh yeah. That would have been great too. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's another thing. This volume is only five issues, um, which, you know, we we'll discussed it at the end, but it does kind of cut the story of what's going on in this era a little short. But um, I also, I, I kind of didn't like how you're cut so much of the main story because the main story is maybe like 12 pages or so. Um, and then the other half is literally this back end story. And I mean, yeah, it's Stephen King, but having like a five issue backstory, you know, every issue is better than making it half of the issue. We want to see more of the main story. And I think that's why I skipped it over, you know, when I first read it um, was because I just wanted the main story. I was like, yeah, idiot. it is. It is cool to learn about Skinner Sweet, But like at the same time, the Pearl story is more interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot like I think her as a main character, she's much better than Skinner. Personally. Yeah, definitely. Skinner doesn't really develop into someone cool until I want to say volume three or four or something not for a while yeah yeah he's just kind of there while she is the focus yeah exactly and i think you know you could have probably tied in all of skinner's story in two issues then or one you know like one one shot like you said but it really does drag a bit but i mean essentially skinner's a villain um he's a bad guy in the old west who's just been robbing and killing people and he's on his way to die they finally captured him um and it's actually the people who have captured him are all these like elite kind of rich people. And there's this guy who's even just like, um, I need more sun cream because his, and he's like red and he's, just, he's bald and he's, he's looks like he's sunburned completely. Um, but it turns out some of these people are like old European vampires that are mm-hmm. actually running part of America at this point. Um, but of course Skinner has his gang and uh, they end up, breaking him out the train that he's on flips over skinner escapes um and he does some crazy stuff like the guy that captured him he had poisoned that guy's wife at the same time that he was being captured like he already had all this set up um and skinner goes to kill all these people and the guy that was burning uh he goes out and they shoot him up and the dude's still alive and he's the one that infects skinner and bites him and uh that european guy doesn't die no no not at all um no but skinner does get infected yeah he gets infected which is yeah it's super which is cool. interesting how the blood from the vampire gets into his eyeballs yeah and that's how he becomes a vampire when you yeah. think about it that's super interesting um because he never takes a direct oh he does take a bite out of his throat he does but they don't because uh You'll you'll find oh, out later oh. on, but when you get bitten by these vampires, you don't necessarily become one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it shows that little plip on one panel where a drop yeah. of blood goes into his eye, and then he slashes his throat too. Yeah, and then when they thought he was dead, he's actually well because they didn't know that was going to infect him, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the issue, you see that he's actually become a vampire and he's he's undead. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a origin, you know, it lets you know things yeah. are about to change. Um, for a first issue, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah no, I think, I think everything it does is pretty cool. It's not many series have a strong first issue as hard as they, as hard as they try to. Especially indie books. Indie books. Are yeah. Really rough the only from Vertigo, the only book I could think of that genuinely had an amazing first issue 
would be why the last man uh that's one of the greatest first issues like ever yeah it sets everything up almost perfectly uh but this one it's what this one does is it it does a lot of things that you notice in storytelling that you don't realize you're reading Mm -hmm. unless you actually break everything down i guess you could like if you're reading this casually as like a new reader you don't catch on to these things as easily. They kind of organically happen where you learn yeah. about the backstory. You learn about exposition. You learn about the world. And like, that's what I think this issue does really well is that you learn about Pearl. You, you know that she's trying to become an actress and mm-hmm. that she works three jobs. And you know that Hollywood is ran by vampires, basically. Yeah. And it also sets the characters up that have all these different like I don't know if roles or dynamics is the best way to put it, but you know, you know, Skinner is someone that you should keep pay attention to, especially after reading his origin story. Yeah. And I'm wondering talking, yeah. how he wound up in Hollywood, like where he's at right now. Cause you, you have a good feeling that that's him when you're reading it after you read the origin story. Oh yeah, definitely. And it looks just like him. Yeah. And then you get, and maybe it could have been written a little differently, but it's pretty obvious that Henry is going to become the love interest. Yeah, very obvious from that first little interaction, yeah. Yeah, let me just say, like, he's very persistent, and I feel like a little too persistent. (laughs) He's like, I've asked you out three times, (laughs) and I'm like, maybe she's just not interested, dude? Like, I think, yeah, um, maybe the world's different now, but, like, I mean, this guy has been shot down by the same girl over and over who's just like, dude, get away from me. Like, I'm I know. It's like, I'm just trying like, to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, How did you know I was here? Like, <laughs> he's all following her and stuff. Um, but the thing is, like, um, you know, he, he was persistent. And they actually spent a lot of time between the two of them. It's like mm-hmm. two pages of dense dialogue. And I only talk about Henry the most because, you know, he becomes an important character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me see. Uh, you you find out a little bit about him, like how he was in a band that failed. And, you know, the thing is, like, Pearl's still, ta- like, talking to him and not, like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of giving, like, uh, hearing him out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. also during those scenes, you see um, when we see the Kid Rock Skinner, uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he warns. Um, why am I spacing her name out? What's her Hattie? Hattie, or not, H- Hadley, Hattie, something like that. He, yeah, she calls he, her Hattie as like a as a nickname or something. He warns them both not to go to the party that they were just invited to, and even they were like, "How would you? How do you know I was invited to a party?" Like. He's yeah, like, don't like, do it. Don't do it. Yeah, he was like warning them, and then like you don't realize what he's warning them about. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it carries into issue two at that point. Um, man, issue two was a cool one uh, because for the it, opening it up, you know they're they're going to go see um, Pearl because she's missing, and they find out she hasn't been in her bed at all. And you turn the page, and dude, it's one of the coolest page turns. Um, it's a great comic book writing. You know, you turn the page and you see Pearl just n- practically naked, just in stockings and a small, like kind of like an underskirt. Um, and she's just like, you know, walking through the desert covered in blood, a big chunk missing out of her neck. Um, totally. Oh, and they also, cool. also, uh, 
you realize uh, what between uh, her and Henry, that conversation they were having, mm-hmm. was trying to find out what her tattoo was. Oh, yeah. And she was telling him that was private. And it turns out to be like a, what is it? Like a black? Oh, it was a black sunflower. Yeah, that's interesting. That's super interesting. Um, Man, I just love this imagery. Uh, uh, Raphael Albuquerque has always done great work. Like Yeah, and his art's only gotten better. Yeah, Yeah. he's a phenomenal artist. He's one of my favorites. He's a nice guy. I think I have a little, like, quick Batman head sketch by him. I almost met him, and then I had to go somewhere else. I did meet him once. But like, since my girlfriend knows Spanish and everything, he, uh, I was just like, just speak Spanish to him. It'll be perfect. Ask him for a sketch. And he totally <laughs> did. It worked. <laughs> translate everything. Yeah. Uh, but issue two, like, uh, they get to, um, I want to call her, I don't know, what was I reading where a character's name is Candy? But I want to call her Candy. Her name is Pearl. Um, but she's in the hospital and everyone's like, she's going to die. She's done. There's, there's like nothing. And yeah, uh, it's just animal bites though. And everyone's like, but how? Yeah, everyone's um, super tripped out about it. And they're just like, give give her my blood and all this. And at night, there's fireworks going on. And Skinner Sweet sneaks in and opens up her eyeball. And it looks like he like kisses it. Yeah, he. there's something about the blood in the eye that makes them into the American vampire thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder um, if they explained it a little bit later on. And she has this kind of nightmare. And she wakes up in the morgue. Um, which is another awesome scene because there's like a dude with his head blasted through and like an another guy with an eyeball out. hanging out. And she heads home and Skinner's like in her bedroom and he's just like, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, he's like that party. He, uh, this basically, I mean, it's like four pages of exposition. He's just explaining like, yeah, you're, you're someone now. And um, I'm not going to tell you our weaknesses or your powers yet, but just know what, you know, them and us. I like that little list. Um, the cool part about this is like when you start learning the differences between this new breed to the classic vampires, um, them likes blood, moonlight, uh, clothes. <laughs> that's hilarious. Dislikes sunlight. That's a biggie. Wood, pine, especially you. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. They really aren't going to like her. Like she's an enemy to them now. Um, and he won't let her know what her abilities are. He's like, you're going to have to find out on your own. And he ends up leaving the actor that like trapped her in her bedroom and in the closet, in the yeah. closet. Yeah. And you're just like, what a, what a cool guy. But dude, when you turn the page again, oh, and she fully transforms. Yes. When you see yeah, the differences, it's, it's her- crazy how, um, different they are from like the european vampires yes it's like and i don't know what's um it's a good page spread too there's that batman series uh dark rain or blood rain or something like that where uh kelly jones drew batman as a vampire that's what it reminds me of like the long i can see nails and yeah the sharp nails and the exaggerated like uh features yeah and it's yeah. it's so brutal and that's the cool part because pearl like she's you know drawn very attractive and seeing her transform into this monster that's the cool like i, I told you that them. first that page spread is pretty pretty crazy mm-hmm. when she's got the claws out and like just the the hiss like and the way she just kills this guy just slashes yeah, his throat br- like brutally murders him <laughs> And she like, he tries to run away and she just grabs him by the throat and just drags him off um, and then dumps him 
in his his uh dressing room and so they find him like all mangled skin and flesh ripped off and just bleeding all over his like table it's it probably died horribly yeah it's 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 great it's so great um and that's issue two that's got snyder yeah and then you get back into the or and again this is why i don't like these origin stories at the end of each issue it like disrupts things yeah, that that's the thing. When I was first reading it, I was like, I want to know what happens next. I want to keep going. Like, I don't want to be interrupted. Um, although this second one is still pretty good. Um, yeah, no, not to say they're bad origin stories. I just think it would have been better as a one shot. I, I just feel like after issue two, they kind of drag, to tell you the truth. Um, we'll look at it. I right can now. see that. But this picks up. So it shows Skinner Sweet's grave. Um, it says outlaw, killer, defiler of women, born in Kansas, burns in hell. Um, from 1850 to 1880. So this guy was 30 years old. And now he doesn't look like Kid Rock so much. As a vampire, he looks a lot like Kurt Cobain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't unsee these things. <laughs> and it basically just goes back to the guys that were on the train before. And they were excited that he was dead and they buried him. Um, and they pissed on his grave. And they literally just, well, the guy pisses on his grave because he finds out that his wife was poisoned. Yeah. By um, Skinner. And when they find her like, dude, just that panel right there with her on the floor, like blood. I don't know if that's blood or her wine. It's yeah, her it wine, says, right? It says it was painless. Yeah. It says it was painless, but it looks like, I think it's wine. Yeah, I think they just did the blood spill to make it look like blood to like add that, you know, yeah, horror feel. But yeah, so this guy pisses on Skinner's grave. Um, and really, it's just like exposition about like how the European vampires are just like, this is disgusting. Like, we hate this place. Um, we They, they kind of just talk about how they hate Skinner and they hope he's, he's done um, because they don't know that he's turned into... A vampire. a vampire yet um and it kind of just goes through skinner you know waking up in the coffin and i don't think he comes out of it for a while the the oh the town he's buried in floods yeah and so it, he's been there for years and he stays underwater for a while too i think you know it uh it floods and he's underwater and people go looking for his grave was it for his grave exactly it was right yeah they went specifically for his grave um let's see i just read this the other night too um but it is a lot of dialogue to remember what's the thing about uh the stephen king stuff it doesn't really stick out as much it's more of like a historical piece where you're going yeah through time and explaining the establishment of certain cities um the lives that these people started continue to lead um, like the main guy that's writing this part is he wrote it as a fiction book and now he's coming out saying it's nonfiction and saying like um, why and how to like yeah why the book everything. is nonfiction yeah mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like it was scavengers that went looking and if they say if sweets coffin ain't floating free you may be able to dig down to it what used to be ground is only silt now Anything in his pockets will be worth money. That hat of his will be good. But a pinch, any skull will do. As long as a collector thinks it's Skinner Sweets, we're $100 richer. Oh, nice. So, yeah, they're looking straight up for Skinner because he's famous yeah. for everything he did. 
Um, and dude, another so crazy cool. page spread though. Man, that like vampire underwater scene. It reminds me a lot of like there's an issue now in Moore's Swamp Thing where there's like these uh, mermaids that are like kind of vampirish. Oh, the ones he like turns into the earth to fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, like where he, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it could be reminiscent of that. I mean, it is Vertigo. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And I mean, I'm yeah. sure he was a fan of that stuff too. Um, yeah, and I mean, this is Scott Snyder's story outline still. True. And yeah. There you go. We all know he wrote Swamp Thing as well. Maybe he was influenced to a certain degree. I don't I know. I could see that. I could totally yeah. see that. And it's that horror book that he's always. It's his horror stuff. Always yeah. callbacks to stuff. The only thing that I find a little awkward is that Skinner Sweet is like, I want candy. And like. Yeah, he has that whole like sweet tooth thing. Yeah. That's like his thing. And he always had. Even yeah, in, he always the first, candy. Uh, in the first part, I kind of skipped over it. But um, he to undo his handcuffs, he has like a little pick inside of like a, a mint. And he puts oh, yeah, it, he chews it out. Mm-hmm, and then that's how yeah. he frees himself. But eh, I mean, it's cool. It makes me want to play Red Dead Redemption. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Old West stuff. Yeah, it's all that 1800, yeah. early 1900 stuff. Um, and then that's issue two. Yeah, issue two. Uh, issue three is so much fun because Pearl now knows what she's capable of. Um, she heads to hate uh, her friend Haiti, and is just like, is it Haiti or Hattie? Hattie. I've been saying it. I don't even know which one. Wait, it's got. Is Haiti spelled with two T's? Does she? Well, she calls her Hat. Oh, Haiti. Yeah, it's Haiti. Haiti. It's Haiti. Haiti. Oh man, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Oh. Well, <laughs> it's all right. It's it's fine. I know when I've been corrected. <laughs> i'm all looking it up like I, I was like how do you spell it is it one t or two is it is it haiti or hattie um well now that we're here let's see uh, there's a youtube video that tells you how to pronounce it uh but according to google it is pronounced haiti yeah it looks like it oh cool yeah um i always i don't know why i always thought it was spelled with two t's but you know that's a weird name in general it's not like the most common thing that we i think i've met one person that was named hattie but they use d's like Uh, i know well uh, yeah i've never oh no sorry i was all like looking into this there's like a website that tells you how to pronounce (laughs) people's names and like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to bookmark this. Yeah, so yeah, it's Haiti. Uh, uh, no, I was going to say, I've never met anyone named Haiti before. Well, Pro heads over to, to Hattie. <laughs> and, you know, Hattie. <laughs> um, I'm going to change it every time that, I say it. I'm just, I'm mix it up. I always go down that rabbit hole of Googling at some point on these episodes. Well, honestly, I was just looking at the binding on this book and do the binding on this omnibus is one of the best I've ever seen. I'm not going to lie. Um, Cause they have the consistent threads to keep the book intact. Oh yeah, they do. The so it doesn't thing. fall apart. Yeah. Not a lot of omnibuses do that. No, cause they're um, super heavy too. Yeah. This is like five pounds of comics just in the <laughs> volume. I think. Yeah. Um, what's cool anyways, is that she knows what she's capable of and she knows who these people or where, the, where these people are um, that did this to her. 
so she starts like looking into stuff and it turns out these people like hated uh they now hate skinner sweet because apparently he's like chased them down since he's come back to life because remember we're going in the stephen king stuff is in the past and all the snyder stuff is in the yeah yeah. it's all in the kind of well not the present but like the comic books present in the you know 30 years 40 years um where we left off um and the cool part is is that apparently skinner like has just been destroying these vampires. There's a picture. Yeah, he's just hunting them down and like mocking them. Yeah, he like took a photo with like all of them and like they're all carrying their own heads and (laughs) he's like smiling in the center. Yeah, it's so great. And they're all kind of just like, yeah, I mean, we haven't heard about him in a while, but they still got to find him and all this. But Pearl is pissed. She knows who these people are and she starts chasing after them. And this little two page, uh, that's not really a spread, but it's like connecting the action sequences. Um, I love it how she's just like, hey, you're Ch- uh, Chesterfield, the movie star. And he's like, in the flesh. And she's like, I always hated your f-ing movies. And then yeah, she like, and then- <laughs> turns into a vampire and jumps on the yeah, car. Yeah, like leaps on the car and then rips the guy's face off. Dude, literally rips, rips it off. Like you see the eye holes and the nose hole. And whereas, yeah, mouth, <laughs> she like, peels it back. Yes, it's so brutal and like the car crashes and he's still alive and everything and she has that wooden spike just ready for him um and even the girl like she's a vampire too and dude uh the little fight that they have she's just like you know what why don't you come out and yeah crazy fight and she throws her against the cactus which is i thought this was super cool um pearl is like most people don't realize the thorns they're almost entirely uh was it pine or something wood yeah wood yeah and like puts her through it how cool and then the juxtaposition though (laughs) the juxtaposition from the fight it's like you've been impaled by a cactus and then it goes to henry yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and guitar i know right just uh just casually playing guitar in like a short sleeve shirt on under the moonlight yeah all romantic and like yeah they they like totally made him just try to make him like the pretty boy of the series when you think about it and it it works so well you know she kind of retreats back to him it's the only place she knows she could go where she might feel safe and no one else would know um he's like her little secret in that sense um Mm -hmm. and then she's like kind of feeling weak and she's exhausted and you know as a reader you're wondering if it's like you know she just transformed a few times she's adjusting to her powers but um we start to find out some of their oh their weaknesses now um but she gets a call and it turns out it's these vampire people and they're calling her to meet with her and um henry wants to help but she just takes off without him yeah he's like come on let me help you she's like uh, psych let me take her car though <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we jump into the stephen king stuff for this issue which yeah. i think this Again. is the boring part now yeah well again it just round thing can you imagine reading this monthly back then oh god and like you see this and it's like oh i'm gonna go kill these vampires and then it goes into the origin story and like again i keep i'm gonna keep saying it but it should have been a one shot but this issue for the snyder stuff the momentum picks up heavily yeah and yeah. then it stops sorry that was an alarm going off uh, <laughs> uh the issue picks up and then it stops like abruptly. And I don't know, like for me, I would have been like, well, I want to see what happens next. Now I got to wait a month. Like that sucks. 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing about this part was uh, Skinner, um, and I think that's why I kind of like lose interest at a point is because it is cool. There are some scenes because the cool part about this little you know section it's about skinner getting his vampire abilities and discovering them you know he wakes up and he's naked he gets out of that like ocean because the town sunk in um and he's he's starving and he doesn't know why he's starving and he breaks into the candy store and he's eating all this candy and somebody busts him and when he sees the person that's when he realizes he's like oh i don't want food i want you and he starts like eating people and just destroying and just like, you know, his hands are all elongated and just like slicing through everybody. Um, and it's now when we first met Skinner, he was captured and then he was technically, he technically escaped and he's free now, but now they're going to try to capture him again. <laughs> like, it's just like a repeat. Now we're kind of going in the circle of, you know, the, the villain being captured and now we have to go find him because he's free yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but the European vampires learn of him and they're kind of just like, Oh, we got to put a, an end to this like right now then. Um, and they kind of just start the mission and start chasing him. Yeah. Well, he also in this origin story, you find out he pisses blood. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the funny part about it. I mean, other than that, like it's real, it's kind of dense when it doesn't need to be dense. There's a lot of stories. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And like all just to realize that they're hunting him down again. Yeah. You know, and I guess in it just shouldn't be like that much of the comic. That's my only issue with it. That could have all been told in like five, six pages instead of like twelve, just like the main <laughs> story has, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about issue three? uh let me see like going through it kind of flipping through it all just to like make sure i didn't miss anything i well there's like one thing i was confused about in the issue and if you go back to when she was meeting haiti she's like hattie it's me again pearl (laughs) but she's like you know, I'm gonna go after these guys and then she's like sorry about the mess and you're all who did she kill outside her door um let me go back to that um when she's with let me see what she kills outside in the beginning like literally like page two i could hear you flipping (gasps) through the book (laughs) hey you're oh was it from the guy what guy the actor dude no, because this is Hades' room. Or well, they live act- together. They're roommates. The no, wait. I guess, I guess it was a roommate. They don't say who though. It was the random guy that went looking for Pearl with him or with her. Oh, it was the the actor that she that lured her, and then she killed him in that house. Oh, that's that's, that's what I assumed. That that's oh, like yeah. where the blood. I figured she did kill him from. in the house. Yeah, yeah. But I like, assumed it was that. She didn't notice all. She didn't notice like notice. Yeah, or she, hear like, the murder. And like, there's... yeah, you you actually have a really good point there. Um, because yeah, she like, takes off after that. Yeah, because the guy, because the the actor she kills, he like runs away scared and everything, and she yeah. like brutally murders him. So I feel like Hattie would have heard it. Or something, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, these girls are like, working like 16-hour days, three jobs. Like, 
Probably knocked out. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. I'll give Maybe that benefit that of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's that. And then, uh, you know, I want more action in this issue, but I don't know. I, besides that, the only thing, okay, this is again, uh, maybe I'm just kind of like pinpointing every little detail here, but the thing is with Henry, they only really had one interaction we know of where they actually talked about it. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, potentially going out or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, they're like romantically, like she's like, he stood her up on the date that they were finally going to go on. Well, I guess she was more attracted to him than she wanted to admit to, you know? And yeah. think about well, it this I mean, way. She's with like a bunch of Hollywood actors and everything, and she's trying to like score that. And then you have this like poor guy that doesn't really even have a place, and he's like a wanderer. And he well, plays you know, guitars. he's like a he's like a handsome, you know, rock star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and it's I think she's chasing the wrong things at the wrong times, you know. Um, uh, okay, yeah. He wants I to get see. to this more elite level, and this guy is like kind of the the dirty street kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, usually he's got like he seems like a kind guy, though. I mean, like he helps her out, and you know, he lets her have her like. He lets her have her space, kinda. Even though he's like asked her out a million times. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. No. I guess no. I don't know. I guess if you look at it in a more innocent way, like it's like, hey, let's go get coffee, and like he got denied a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But um, he, he was the nice guy she should have always been with, you know. But she was yeah too distracted. Well, I feel like again, she probably took him as like the I'm the I'm like uh, the handsome guitar guy trying to make it as a rock star. You want to go out, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why she denied him. Mm -hmm. That could um, be it too. Or at least the factor yeah. in it too. But it's, I don't know, like that that one panel where they like get close, it just feels a little abrupt because they went from like, you know, kind of just talking casually to her like seeking him out as yeah. like boathouse or whatever he lives in. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Maybe that's I, just me that finds a little abrupt, but you know. I could see that. Um, there's There wasn't like a connecting moment other than accepting the date, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I could tell he really liked her a lot. So, of course, he was worried about her. But, um. And that's why he lets her stay and just, like, just crash out. Yeah. And, like, have her space to rest. You know, he kind of, like, uh, I think, yeah, he, like, walks away and lets her be. And then, um, this scene, though, the coloring is really nice with the dark sky. Oh, and yeah. And. That also coincides when you find out when the American vampires are weak, that color. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, to, to put more emphasis on the art this time around, uh, it's yeah, a I nice. Didn't, I didn't think about that because this scene in particular is a moonless night. And that's, yeah. where, that's where she starts to get weaker. And we yeah, haven't explained that yet, but we'll, we'll explain that right now. But yeah, that's, that's a great observation. Um, yeah, it's like, 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 like kind of like cueing you in with color. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's giving yeah. you a hint right away. And then she's, yeah, oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, and then that color palette, you know, is there every time it's a moonless night. Does, you know, you know, I shame on us for not checking, but Raphael doesn't do the coloring on his own stuff, does he? Uh, uh, Dave McCaig. No idea who that is. Yeah, me either. But that this dude does awesome coloring in general. Throughout uh, the whole book. He's the same color artist for... Uh... The 1976 book that's coming out with DC Black Label. Oh, sweet. Yes, sir. So. And 
you know, it's funny when uh Skinner Sweet kills the first person, he walks out of the candy shop after he's killed him like the next morning. Um, and his pockets are just full of candy. <laughs> I know. There's that, yeah, like he still likes candy as a vampire. Yeah, like it's so goofy. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and this is the part where the guy who's writing all this exposition and the Stephen King stuff, this is where he explains, like, I'm, I'm coming out and letting you all know that this is truth and there's more truth to it. And I've experienced it. And this is why I need to share it with everybody. Um, yeah, it's like so wordy. Yeah, it's, you know, and it has great action scenes. Like this has some of the craziest deaths and, you know, Skinner pulls that guy's head out and he still has a spine kind of attached to it and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's, you know, that's funny. all I got to the vampires uh we do see them in the daylight that european ones and they always have their umbrellas on them so they find a way to go out but they're completely covered except for their face just to kind of seem somewhat normal yeah i mean they could be in sunlight they just got to be shielded from it mm-hmm. that's cool yeah. it's, it's a good way to be like make it seem what's, more realistic in that sense. what's interesting though is that yeah the sun you you realize the sun doesn't go like it doesn't burn them through clothing mm-hmm it just burns them directly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it kind of teaches you that, that those little details too. Yeah. It really takes the emphasis of the original rules of the vampire. Yeah. Um, exactly. And is this the last issue right now? Uh, no. And then we go into. Yeah. No, this is issue five now. Is it issue five? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, chapter, it says chapter four right here. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's still two more issues. Oh, okay. My bad. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that short. Yeah, it just feels like it's crazy because this is, you know, I guess, you know, holding it in the uh, omnibus, omnibus, seeing how form? thick yeah. volume one is, it is pretty dense for a first volume. It is. It's bigger than um, the other volumes. Curtain call. There you go. I didn't put my sticky in the right spot. Um, man. So no, it's issue, uh the next issue is a double, uh, double exposure. exposure. No, no, yeah, yeah. I was just saying I, I didn't put my. I found the the fifth issue how it falls in. But now we're back in 1925. Um, and Pearl is a waitress, and it talks about her first meeting with Hattie. And uh, it's a cute little thing. Like you know, she's just trying to be friendly and just trying to gain someone to talk to. And it's kind of awkward, but then they're like, "Hey, you know, what? Let, let's go see that movie together." And which is so random. Hey, you've been my waitress. Yeah, you want to go catch a movie? Yeah, right. It is. A, it is because you didn't charge me for a donut. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I mean, it says 1925 then, and then it's still the same year. So you figure like they're, I guess they're really fresh. Only been friends for a few months, and roommates yeah, uh, that fast too. Pretty, yeah, I know. Well, I guess back then. You kind of had to go on like a word of mouth basis of things because there wasn't cell phones. Yeah. There wasn't like social media, of course. There wasn't mm-hmm. any internet. So you kind of had to go out and like physically Start meet people. Talk. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah. T- go talk to a person. What do you <laughs> take me for? <laughs> yeah. The complete stranger? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? This requires me to leave my room? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And dude, it's so cool because I love this part of the issue uh, of the series um she goes to face these vampires that like transformed her in the first or bit her in the first place and they have haiti and she gets her back and dude haiti 
stabs her. <laughs> Hattie literally stabs her in the back. Dude, just yeah, literally. And it's so cool because you don't see that coming. Like it's no, not a, at all. A great like twist that they pulled off and it makes sense. Um and you also find out that uh Haiti was the one dragging all the dead bodies in the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Um which is like what yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh it's great connections, and I like how everything circles back together. Yeah. It's always nice when it when it happens nice and easily. And it's basically the first like big battle between her and these crazy vampires and she gets her ass kicked. Uh, oh no no, the sun Wait, not the sun. She doesn't get hurt by the sun. Um No, but she does uh, stab a vampire in the eyeball with her shoe, which is the coolest move ever. Yeah. Just a high heel and then, on the eye. And then uh what the only part that I, it's confusing to me is so Pearl is fighting the vampires. Uh, she holds her own for a bit, but then gets overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. And then Henry shows up in another car. <laughs> yeah, man, he stole that one probably. I was like, okay, first of all, I thought you were like, they even call them a hobo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you have a houseboat and a car and <laughs> another car somehow yeah. and a guitar <laughs> and you're good looking. How's this work? How's this, yeah. <laughs> what do you do with uh, your life? <laughs> But uh, he just shows up out of nowhere. And I'm like, again, this is me. I still love this book, but this is just me pointing out little things just to, for the sake of pointing them out. That's over here, right? Well, dude, this whole it's little like, scene is one of those things. Because she gets like bit, and I guess that kicks her ass, and she collapses. And when she's with Henry in the car, um, she feels weak. And then Henry tells her to drink from him. And so she she bites Henry and gets his blood. And they start um, like kissing and everything. And then he's like, the bite, it tingles. I can't, I can't move. And then she's like, let me take care of you for once. Implying, and she's like climbing on top of him. And I'm like, dude, he's about to pass out. He just said he can't move. Like you just sucked his blood. There's no blood flow to like pump anything <laughs> there's up. No, you know? like, <laughs> there's no blood flowing. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's an essential like part of like <laughs> the process for a male. Um <laughs> but i guess they banged i mean yeah it looks i mean it seems pretty apparent she like gets pretty much uh does she yeah she's wearing different clothes in the morning so yeah and he's shirtless with the suspenders though yes (laughs) yo why is my dude ripped though yeah (laughs) well we find out why because he was part of the marines yeah there it is yeah um yeah i love that be, uh, what he says uh, because despite what you think Pearl Jones I'm not some dumb crazy uh, I'm not some dumb girl crazy guitar man which I is uh, which is exactly how he came off as like I was yes. saying earlier it's like <laughs> oh look at this handsome guitar player it's like okay like this this rock star is asking me out <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and then it, it's it's kind of like you as the reader you kind of saw it that way too and then he's like psych not really <laughs> And that's the end of that issue. Again, disrupted by origin stories. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say a little while back, the only thing that was confusing about this issue, two things. Mm-hmm. Um, how long was Haiti working with them? Uh, and two, how did Henry know where to find her? And did he steal that car or did he just have another one? Yeah. 
And did I, say, how, did I say Hedy or Henry? Yeah, it's Hedy yeah. and Henry. Yeah. And yeah, how, how did, did Henry bone? find her? Like, how? How could they have boned? Like, that's my biggest question <laughs> of this he, He's like, he can't move and there's no blood flow. Yeah, like, how? How? There's That's not going to happen. But, I mean... You're going to write a letter to Scott? How does yeah. it work, Scott? How does it work? <laughs> Next time I meet him, I'm going to ask him. I'm be like, dude, I was reading American Vampire, and how did that first sex scene even occur? Like, that doesn't... <laughs> and then, um, at the end of the issue, he's like... It's like he's all you still owe me a date, and I'm all, dude. Like, you, she just gave you a date, like, <laughs> like it was like you just went on a crazy car chase. She shot some vampires in the face, and then you guys like slept together in the back of a van while she was sucking blood from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or car back of the car. She just like, you off twice in a row. Like, come on, <laughs> like, and it's just like, it's like, um. I get it though. He wants like a formal date. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a sweet you know? boy. He's a, he's yeah, a respectable he's, he's man. A, you know, he's, like, a, he's a romantic. He wants to he, buy her dinner still. Yeah, he wants to be respectful, and I, I can. I'm like, all right. He's he a really nice up. guy, and yeah. it's a little bit of a spoiler. I'll just say now they do stay together for a while. Yeah, which is yeah. cool. Um, yeah, which is nice because they end up having a nice dynamic. Yeah, their their arc is is great, and it's cool seeing it evolve in the later volumes. Yeah. Um, uh, more Skinner Sweet though. More Skinner Sweet. Um, this is talking about basically they took they're they're hunting down Skinner now. Like the same group that kind of first started off, they're now hunting him down. Um, Skinner's kind of called them to a location and uh, to meet them one more time. And it's a really cool battle because they're kind of closing their little story off, you know, um, the hunt that was going on in the beginning, it's now the final part. There's now more stakes because Skinner's messed up their lives in different ways by killing the guy's wife, killing another guy's father and having the guy, the father that we saw with the head with this kind of spine hanging out. That's one of these dudes, dads. And, um, it's just, you know, enraging. And then you have these European vampires watching from a distance, um, curious to see what's going to happen during this whole ordeal. Yeah, it's like a it's like a triangle of conflict because you have yeah. the vampires going after Skinner, but the vampires want to eat the people, and then the people want to kill Skinner, but then they have to survive the European vampires. Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> and a then Skinner goal. versus everyone. Yeah, and that's the cool part. It's just one man versus everyone. Yeah, and um, then the only thing that's a little confusing. And I think that's the only thing that doesn't make this like a perfect book is that there's certain things that happen that just kind of happen. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of comics, you're just like, okay, but for this, this isn't a superhero book. So you don't just go, you know, you don't use the excuse comics. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only thing is like the, was it like the, the mayor of that town that has a son that's going after Skinner? Yeah. That's who he was. Yeah. Yeah. The son has a wife and he brought like the wife's, godfather and then you find out like his wife is in love with the godfather yeah and i was i was gonna bring that up too i'm glad you brought that up okay i was like this like this happened out of nowhere like i was like yeah. what this little like love sequence didn't really need to i mean i guess it's the like kiss before you go face danger type of thing that little trope yeah but like it just i don't know man like it doesn't feel right yeah, it doesn't. It it feels. I'll, I'll get more into it. Well, yeah, but, it, uh, it feels out of place. Like it doesn't yeah, it, it interrupts that flow of like 
we're about to face of evil vampire right now. Yeah, I, I get why they're doing because this is all Scott's outline. I get mm-hmm. why they have to explain this, but I feel like they could have gone about it differently. I'll yeah. go into that later, though. Yeah. Um, but I mean, essentially, um, this is cool because you get to see uh, Skinner get hurt for the first time um, because it's a moonless night. Yeah. And then again, that color palette, it, you notice it's there. Mm hmm. And I don't, I don't even think we've officially said it, but uh, so on Moonless Nights, the, these vampires only have two weaknesses. One is that they could be out in the day, no problem. And they could be out at night, no problem. But if the moon isn't out, that's when they're weak and they need to like rest and recharge during that period. Um, and also the only thing that affects them or hurts them, um, and we find out later on, is gold. Um, silver is typically what will uh, kill a vampire, but gold is what kills the American vampires, which makes sense. Like it kind of flows together. Yeah. It's just a variation on something. And it's like the whole California gold rush where this is taking place, you know, and it just, it works really well with that. And for anybody out there, the gold rush did not take place in San Francisco. sorry it's just me being sf native i I always like throw that out there just because i can (laughs) give give us the history lesson brandon well basically a basically a prospector came across gold in california and he was like i I found gold you know like I, i got gold guys and then everyone got word of it and like rushed to california and basically it was actually near sacramento Oh, where nice. the, the actual gold mining was. The problem was there wasn't that much gold. It was like a few people were getting lucky and everyone else wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So that's your gold rush, everybody. <laughs> and also, it also uh, history repeats itself in the sense that San Francisco has always been expensive. Back then, during the gold rush, it was like, I remember learning about it, but I'm just going to throw some exaggerated numbers out there. Basically, if you wanted to buy an egg at a hotel or in your staying at, it was equivalent to like spending $20 for in one egg today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. And the gold rush is what helped created Levi's pants. Really? Yes. Uh, Because basically there was a ship that was docked and it had a, it had um, like these flags. Mm -hmm. uh, And basically these people were having, it had these flags that were made out of denim essentially. And uh, what basically happened was uh, people had pants that kept on like ripping because of all the like gold mining tools. (laughs) So this guy basically saw the flags and he took it and saw it was a durable material and he made uh, pants out of them. And that's where Levi's comes from. Oh, wow. Because it's actually a town in France, I believe, that the flags were coming from. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he saw that it was a durable material and he made pants out of it. I did not know that. See, you guys. That's, yeah. Our history. The history. For today. <laughs> yeah. Well, last week was the history in underwear or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what we did. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, you know, I might be wrong, but because uh, I, I learned this like 10 years ago in college in an SF history class I took. <laughs> but uh, that's the gist of it from what I remember. So. Oh, nice. Uh, your pants you wear used to be a flag. For mining. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. for, yeah. for really bad uh, mining, essentially. Like, yeah, <laughs> for mining that doesn't do anything for you. Unsuccessful me. mining. Um, um, anywho. Well, um, this, 
this kind of wraps up a little kind of like a little bit of their arc um issue five really does change things up a bit yeah well um, you also find out that that godfather got infected yeah yeah exactly so during this before whole, i went on my rant about the gold rush but inner like destroys and kicks everyone's ass but he does get hurt a few times he gets shot um and he's kind of scraped up because it's you know he's not invulnerable right now um and they trap skinner in there and they blow up the cave and thinking that he got trampled in by it and some of these characters only made it out with their their lives and one of them was the writer um who was around here too um but during that time he got scratched in the eye and it was it was by skinner right Yes, See, it's because he went in his, after him. Yeah, he went in and oh, well, actually, right no, the him. blood, the blood from Skinner's uh, hand because drips. Yeah, yeah, it drips onto the I forget his name, but it drips into his eye. Yeah, and you can kind of see the um, the paneling before, and that's like the real big cue is that one panel that shows the drops of blood falling, and then when you see him again, it's all covered up in his eye. So you're like, oh god. Um, and it looks like it scratched it out, like on the following panels. That's the weird part about it. It's what kind of threw me off. But the European vampires basically they figured he was buried. You know? Yeah, they, they gave up very easily looking for him. Yeah, they kind of just watched the fight play out and saw everyone die <laughs> and just took off. Like they didn't even like that was it. They just got in their carriage. Um, and yeah. then issue five, the last one of this little volume do you want to go over this one yeah sure uh with this one it's everything's just kind of like i guess like uh straight to the point you yeah. know it's uh you get a monologue about let me see i think it's a vampire talking mm-hmm. and during it's kind of like that thing where what they're talking about uh, let's see how the vampire's dad had dogs and the dogs were there for anyone like trespassing. You know, anyone who rang the doorbell. It's it's a huge monologue. Yeah. And that yeah, when a for... yeah, and then a wolf, and then when a wolf would come, though, no matter how big the dogs are, and no, how no matter how many there were, the dogs like basically were scared of the wolf. Mm-hmm. Which is, and I guess that's kind of like the whole idea, like vampires, like you know, they should know. You know, when the, the the biggest and baddest of them come through, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there's there's werewolves later in this series, isn't there? I think so, yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. I believe so. I think that's like in the second say like the forties or something. Or is it that late? Or no, is it that was with no, the Nazi it's, it's before second cycle. Yeah, that was a while. With the World War II stuff. It yeah, might it's be the World while. War II. Yeah. But um you know, it's kind of like all like this metaphor talk for like, you know, there's there's vampires out there, but the the bigger, badder vampires are the ones you got to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Pearl and Henry just bust through the door, which is really random that he's okay with just fighting vampires. He's got like wooden stakes. Like they, they grab a bunch of signs and make a bunch of weapons out of them. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he just like kicked the door open and, you know, they rush in. She comes in to fight. And so does Henry, and he comes in to like finish off the vampires, and it's just a giant brawl throughout the entirety of everything. It's really all and, Scott stuff in this part. Yeah, and then basically for a moment, Henry's like in danger, and then Pearl just kind of like smashes a window to like let the sun burn him. Mm-hmm. 
And then on top of that, you also find out Haiti is an American vampire as well. Yeah. Which Super. I'm confused if... So here's my thing. In the last issue, she was like, oh, Pearl, I'm with them, and stabs him in the back with a knife. Yeah. And then this issue, she's a vampire. So was she always a vampire? Was she always working with them? Or was this all very sudden, and then she became a vampire? And if she did, they purposely made her into an American one. Unless all vampires on in America turn into the American vampire. Huh. Because I don't know if it's more of like, is it because of where they're at or the whole eyeball like, thing? Yeah, like where they come from, like, yeah, because I mean, it's only the Europeans that have that weakness. But I thought the it traditional was the vampire weakness yeah. going into the, Yeah, Haiti turning into a vampire did throw me off. That's what I say. It's, it's really interesting because it's kind of out of nowhere. They don't really explain it. Like, it's cool. I'm glad, you know, it's a big, tw- another big twist, but it feels like just a twist, not like a logical explanation. Yeah. But I'm not. <sighs> Did Haiti get don't... blood on her from Pearl at any point? I don't think so. But... Not in the eye, unless I missed it, but I'm pretty sure she didn't. Yeah. But... Um, we can go back real quick at the end and just double check. But I mean, overall, like she she turns into a vampire and her yeah. And but then off. the the fight doesn't last that long. No, it's like what uh, two pages. Two it's pages? like what one two yeah two pages. Uh, and then she like bites her face oh, and then they, I forgot they do explain it right here. I wanted to be like you since the moment I walked into that flea bag diner. And then the other night after that will get to Oh, yeah, that's true. I found okay. a way. Um, so she like stabbed herself with a knife that had Pearl's blood on it. That, that's the, what The it knife was. she stabbed I... Pearl with, she used that to cut herself. And she mixed the blood. So I guess it doesn't uh, need to be see, the eye. I guess that's what threw me off. I thought it was always the eyeball thing. Yeah, same here. Like, that's why I was like, how? Like, why? Because theoretically, she should be the European one. But I guess since it's from Pearl, everyone would be the American one. Yeah. I don't know. I It's I the was, blood. It's the blood, essentially. Like, she blood. didn't need to okay, see her yeah. wrist. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess there's I, easier yeah. ways to do it. Or more subtle ways. It's just like you're getting infected instead of, like, becoming but, one. You know? Like, yeah. they're just using the infection ways, you know? I mean, it's, it's like COVID, yeah. you know, I guess you could you know, <laughs> <laughs> cough on something and then stab yourself and then get COVID, you know, <laughs> you get COVID just like that. But what's cool is that we see, dude, I, this is one of my favorite deaths. And when I first read this comic, I was like, man, this is a good vampire story because the way she gets the star and just slams it in um, into her face, in her mouth, dude, like, and just cut. Yeah. Open. Like down her throat. Yeah. Um, and that's how you find out their wig to gold. Yeah. Because it, it, well, I feel like she comes back at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, that's what it's about. And then they're kind of trying to move on with their lives. Pearl and in Portland. Henry, I mean, Pearl. Oh, I mean, no, they're not in Portland. They're, uh, they're kind of just like talking. I don't know how Henry's cool with dating a vampire, but I mean, that's cool. I guess she's still the same. <laughs> And she yeah. runs across. I don't know who he looks like here now in the suit. I can't think of a reference, but uh, a classier kid. A rock star? Yeah. A classier kid. <laughs> but, um, uh, 
it's kind of the end of the story. They kind of just like, you know, he, he offers to like, you know, have her go with him and it's kind of it. That's like the end of this arc. Well, for him. he was going to kill uh, Pearl and then he decided not to. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about all the fun they can have together. Yeah. And then she's like, no, thanks. Um, besides that, yeah, that's pretty much it. And he's just like, who are you talking to? And she's like, no, they're just an old acquaintance. But uh, let's get started with our lives. And that's then it kicks into the this origin is the cool story, part. Yeah. yeah, it's another origin story. Um, but it's about the writer, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Well, you learned about that. Uh, what's his name? James book. That's what he was. Yeah. He was, by, he was fighting the Skinner sweet infection as like, uh, that story, you know, that flashback story was going mm-hmm. on still mm-hmm. because the, the writer's still explaining everything. And then you find out Skinner's there listening. Yeah. And then that James book guy, he's just like going crazy and he can't find a cure. So then he brings that. Oh, what's her name? Forgetting all these names here. The goddaughter. Mm-hmm. Abby, she comes through and he's like, I'm infected. And basically people go looking for Skinner Sweet again. <laughs> yeah. To see if he like jumps back and see this this is my thing with this last origin story. It's cool, but it jumps from like Skinner's perspective to James's perspective to like the writer's perspective. Yeah. And I always get James and the writer mixed up because they have the same mustache. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like one has grayer hair. But no, yeah, he hunted down the. Oh, and then just switches back to Skinner fighting the European vampires. Damn it, you're right. Um, well, James is freaking out. He's turning into a vampire. He doesn't know how to control it. Um, Skinner like, hunts down me, the Europeans, and he he melts that the big fat guy that we've been seeing the whole time. And James is with his wife, and they kind of have one last moment um, before she shoots his brains out. Well, she, and here's my thing that, like, again, I was just like, I don't know. Like, it just, this whole relationship just felt a little forced by the writer. Mm-hmm. And just a little awkward, you know, the whole godfather, goddaughter. And then, like, the dialogue they have, I don't know. It's just, she's like, he's like, Abby, I can't. I stood godfather at your christening, and now you're asking me to. And then she's like, I've lost everyone I love and now I'm supposed to lose you as well. I'll see you turn into a bloodsucker before I let that happen. And then she says, I need something to hold on to a little piece of you. It's, it's my fertile time, Jim, please. And then he's like, you know, like, Oh, someone help me. And then they have sex. Yeah. And like that whole dialogue exchange. I don't know. It's just, it's, I know that's why I, I, I even vaguely remember these parts. Like, King's writing isn't like the best in a lot of these no comic book form you know um it's like too much explanation and just like he like like what you're saying it's really forced like they're trying to make stuff happen instead of letting things happen you know and that's what yeah, you don't want to do when you're writing stuff like this and then yeah and like I don't know it's just the whole also the the relationship they have is just really weird 
Yeah, at least it ends. You know, <laughs> at least it ends. <laughs> like, but she ends up having a baby. She gets pregnant. Yeah, from that. Um, and it's funny because the writer finds her, finds her visiting the grave. And when you turn the page, well, once you kind of skip through some stuff after Bad Blood comes out, but the very last page, it's that girl standing with her daughter and they're watching Skinner Sweet. And she's the daughter's like, is he? And then the girl's like, yes, Felicia, the man who destroyed your father, but not to, not, not today, but soon, soon. Just implying like they're going to grow old and start chasing Skinner. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of like, hunting down Skinner, like someone out there going after him besides vampires. Yeah. It's cool. And uh, again, they were like forcing this relationship, this really weird relationship, you know, yeah. again, it's yeah. just, like, he was like, he had like 30 years on her, you know, that's just really strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And seriously. like, like they, if they wanted like a kind of like parent child dynamic going after Skinner, I feel mm-hmm. like there could have been a bunch of other ways to go about it. Oh Yeah. You know, or just different but, characters, or just not putting that relationship staple on it. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, guess, I don't know if it's Stephen King and talking more about like incest and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, his he he's uh, his. I know his books have had some weird moments to yeah. them as well. And I know this is also Scott's outline, but I don't know how much of Scott's influence versus King's influence or Stephen King's influence. Is I feel like here. that's a King influence more than Scott. Cause I've never seen Scott do stuff like that. And King is a weird guy. And I mean, I don't know white people, you know, they just have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But that's but, American um, Vampire volume one. Pretty much, think, yeah. And yeah like, like, it's a good setup. It, it has so much history to it. That's the thing. And knowing that like, it does evolve. A lot of things do happen. Like This is taking place in the 1920s. Um, every volume kind of pushes past that, too. And you get to see how Skinner evolves and how they get involved with like these secret organizations and then how World War II affects everything and how the Nazis affect everything and different experiments that go on. And um, you also get new characters introduced. A lot of new characters. A lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff happens in the series. It keeps you captivated. Like this yeah. first one just sets up so much. And I think the Stephen King aspect throws off a lot of the fun and how to like really get deeply interested. You have to read the first two volumes, you know, because you want to read more of the main story. That's the thing about it. There's not enough of the yeah. core story within this. Um, and you're interrupted right when you get to these peaks, which is gr- great writing, you know, like those are great cliffhangers to jump off on to keep you wanting to read the next issue. But just that back end, I think they just wanted to have that Stephen King aspect to sell. And yeah, I mean, they wanted his name on the book. Yeah. And I I'm sure he got paid a good little amount for that too. Oh yeah. But easily. It, uh, I mean, it, it's it's not bad. It's great, like all the way through. I really, I really don't have any complaints other than I wanted more. Oh yeah. Story, you know? I mean, I, I've liked, I've always liked this more than like his Batman stuff. Oh yeah. Personally, yeah. I yeah. mean, Batman's awesome, and it's a different kind of book. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Stephen King, I think Scott Snyder, is really good at writing like a bunch of monster horror stuff. Yeah, he knows how to get creepy. You know, like yeah, like some, if you read Severed, if you read. 
Yeah, if you read Severed, if you read Wake, Witches. Yeah. You know, which I think we're covering soon. Yeah, we're going to do Witches this month too because it's so good. It's yeah. such a short little fun book. and um, Yeah. Um, that's going to have a continuation coming out soon too. Yeah, I've just been waiting all this time. Jesus Christ. I know. But, <laughs> um, you know, and like, you know, his superhero stuff is just different. But when he does horror, it's it's interesting because he actually does pretty good. Yeah. Like, his, like, you know, I'm not, I, I haven't read Justice League, but his other stuff, you know, I enjoy Batman and I enjoy Dark Knights and everything and mm-hmm. like metal and death metal. I just think like he has a certain voice that really clicks here. Oh, yeah. It comes out. It doesn't feel like I think, you know, he's playing with toys when it comes to Justice League yeah. superheroes. That's the thing. He's, you know, playing with imagination and playing with toys. But this reminds me a lot of like Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, like creating literature out of a comic book instead of like and really like taking over the story aspect um, instead of just like playing with toys, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the story aspect. I mean, and there's so much growth and, you know, historical context that goes into play into this. It's fun to watch and it's fun to kind of travel through time in this story. Oh, Um, yeah. It's like that weird speculative, like fiction, uh, mm -hmm. historical fiction. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's kind of like America's modern history through the lens of like vampires, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, starting... You know, because like, uh, you know, the U.S. is like, I guess, like whole, I guess, modern uh, um, history does start in like, like, I guess, post-cowboy era. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, once like movies started becoming bigger and all this other stuff. We're getting established and and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And like media and everything. And it's just like, it really like blew up from like the 20s on, especially with everything else that happened in history. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of, I could be wrong. Maybe America's modern day started at a different time. But I think the the whole aspect of like vampires being involved in that history is pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And like and how it, it's influenced and yeah. Having its own take, you know, we have, we're pulling from all these European influences and doing it like placing it in America and giving it its own spin. And that's, I think that's the best part is that it's a different kind of vampire, you know? It, it, I feel like that's what it always comes back to for me. It's not your traditional, you know, it's not Twilight, you know, type of vampire. This is like <laughs> Twilight. something new and exciting. Wait, but, when you think about it, Scott Snyder wrote American Vampire and then he wrote Batman. Robert Pattinson oh my played gosh. a vampire. And now he's Batman. In Twilight. And now he's Batman. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like the red string in my, yeah. in my room. Like <laughs> just connecting all the dots. Like, yeah, oh. I, I cracked the code guys. <laughs> I know the formula um, so I could be Batman. <laughs> um, oh, so modern American history is 1920 to present. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah. The last hundred. Yeah. So yeah, this, this is the modern, like um, America's modern history with vampires. And maybe we'll touch on some of the, there's so many tie-ins to this book um, that are worth it. You know, it's not even just like oh, yeah. death metal tie-ins where it's like, what's going on? But this is actually No, these like tie-ins, series. yeah, like tie-ins are actually integral where they actually do build the world. You don't actually need to read them for Pearl's story. No, yeah. But 
they they build the world and so on. And Dustin Nguyen draws some of them. And Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. And Sean one Murphy, of my yeah. Two amazing ones. artists. Yeah. And so that's it's like those are worth it alone because those are some of the best talent at DC or even in general. Yeah. And it's the whole book, honestly, art wise, no complaints. I had none. You no, know, like it works I, so I, well. It, it could use less words here and there, but <laughs> And it's honestly like it it's still rereading it. It comes back to the Stephen King stuff. Like they just did that to do it, you know. Stephen King wanted yeah, that's to fine. I mean, you don't say still no nice him. of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's still nice of him. And that's still pretty awesome to get like one of the biggest authors of all time on like your first creator owned project. And I don't think the book would have taken it off taken off the way it did without his name on it, you know? No, because his name is on there as like third in line. Mm-hmm. Because in the omnibus, it goes in the order of Scott Snyder, Raphael Bukerke, Stephen King, and then it says Sean Murphy and Dustin Nguyen. Mm. That's cool. Um, yeah. So um, that is the uh, that's our take on Levi's pants, everybody. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, also, you know, if you guys ever do check out the omnibus, uh, I'll post some pictures up. But you know, I always take off the front cover, but the actual cover to this book is beautiful like oh yeah dude totally man it's one of the cool i love taking off the slipcase to always see what's underneath and this was one of my favorite ones to see so far yeah the one with pearl on it mm-hmm. and the back yeah. end like is ugh, so good but i mean check it out scott snyder is a great writer if you're looking for a good horror comic and since 1976 is coming out this year uh or this month um it's good to start looking literally at- literally be out by the time this is out yeah so yeah good little context and you don't really i don't i don't think you'll have to read everything to jump into it because it's a number one you should be able to jump into it um and scott's really good at bringing in new readers all the time yeah but it's worth going through the history of american vampire and that's a cool thing it's it's kind of like history because there's so much of it (laughs) that he put out at once he worked so hard on this series it's 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 a really good book. It really is. And I, I know it's one he cherishes deeply because it's like his first ongoing that's his and still, and it's one he doesn't, yeah, it's still going. And granted it's had huge breaks. Of Mm. course. I mean, I think that volume eight was like 2015 or yeah, it's been sitting on my shelf for a minute. Yeah. I've been waiting for that second omnibus, but it's probably going to come out once the series is officially over. Who knows? Yeah. Once I tear through this, I might just end up buying them. And yeah, easy thing to kind of pawn off once an omnibus comes out. Yeah. That's kind of like for anybody out there, that's what I do. Like, I'm pretty sure you do it as well. You get a bunch of volumes and then when the omnibus comes out, just sell the volumes. Yeah. Just that's what I did. I I buy them from my comic shop and then he buys them back for store credit sometimes. (laughs) Oh, there you go. And then, I'll literally sell them to him and put it towards the omnibus. So I'm like, he's still making money. Yeah. So, it's just a circle. Yeah, it's a just cycle. right now. Uh, just right now. And this is a reminder for everybody. Uh, comic shops need our help. Yeah. Still stuff is still crazy. Yeah. Um, and comics are hard to come by still. Um, comics are selling the least amount they've ever sold in years because of this pandemic. Yep. And it's, Oh man. And it, I mean, honestly, creator own, you want to support those the most because the, these creators get like four times as much money from creator owned books than they do from the big two. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. They, um, 
you know, they get a lot more. I don't know how it works at Vertigo, but Image, they get a lot more of the money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it goes towards more more stuff. And that's why they they thrive so much. And I think that's why, like, Rick, Rick Remender just does his own stuff now. Oh, yeah. That dude does not go anywhere near Marvel. He hates those Granted, guys. <laughs> so I've been reading his... <laughs> I've been reading some of his Venom, and I'm like, yeah, hey, it's cool. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said he wasn't happy when he was doing Venom or X-Force. He was like, I just, I needed the money real bad. So I yeah, he was it. doing it. Yeah. But, well, guys, check out Scott Snyder stuff. Check out Wake, The Wake. That's a great horror, like. Uh, yeah, Wake and Witches. And Witches will go over. It's a nice one volume. You can find that anywhere. Um, and then a, a special called Bad Egg that came out in an image book not too long ago about a year ago maybe two years ago now um but it should be coming back soon it, it, it's supposed to be i thought it was coming back sooner they haven't well i haven't said anything all i've heard about i mean american vampire is the first announcement but they said scott said next year all of these books will be coming out so we'll have a whole year of horror from scott because he has a new series with francisco francovilla coming out as well oh uh, okay you said he's drawing witches? Jock, yeah. Yeah, Jock. Oh, no, what was the last with Francisco? What was that? Oh, I, they briefly announced a name at one point on Instagram, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But it's kind of like an unannounced series still. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I got mixed it up. Um, let me see. Let me see if I could pull it up on Francisco's. I never know how to spell his last name. Frank Villa. Franca Villa. Um, see if I can find it. Whichever one of us will find it first. Let's see. Here we go. It's uh, It's like G. It starts with a G, doesn't it? Or something not like that. G. N-O-T-G. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That that sounds right. I don't know how you'd pronounce that, but N O T G. Um, that's his next big one from with him. Okay, that'll be yeah. exciting. It's gonna be good. Well, check it out, guys. Hopefully, you guys have a great. I don't know if this will. This comes out right before Halloween, so we still have two a few episodes. Um, Sick. A lot of horror stuff that we're gonna go over. Watch out. Keep an eye out for our Blade commentary coming out and witches. We'll touch base. Have a whole. Whole little Scott Snyder end of the year reading <laughs> with metal and all of his stuff coming out. But it's all so good. Yeah, it's all gonna be good stuff. That's gonna it's, it's just right for October. Yeah. yeah. So keep an eye for that and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for hanging, Brandon. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, wait. It was Levi Strauss. That was his name. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was right before I go on. <laughs> the guy's name was Levi Strauss. Nice. Cool. Sorry. Flashback. Anyways. Yeah, my bad. Just making sure uh, I, <laughs> I was correct. Anyways, thank you for having me. Uh, more stuff to come. And um, hope you had fun. Yeah. See you later.